Today's episode of Puck It! We'll Do It! Live is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Puckett will do it live, our pre-recorded Minnesota Twins podcast. It is Thursday, April 2nd, and Dan, we still have no baseball. Yes, and that sucks, um, but let's just move on from that. You know, let's let's not focus on the negatives. There's so many negatives, so man, I miss baseball. How about you? I do, I do. Uh, once again, disclaimer, obviously. A lot more significant issues uh, than baseball at this time, but uh, still no sign of sports returning in any way, shape, or form. In fact, um, we continue to see events uh, being postponed, canceled. I think we're now into into the July time frame of events. Um, uh, saying yeah, Wimbledon hit you pretty hard, yeah, didn't it? Wimbledon. I'm still getting over Wimbledon. Might it might not happen until 2021, but. Um, so we, as we wait, uh, we continue to search the world for content. I think we've got a good one coming up for you for you next week. I don't want to uh, I don't want to spoil it, but we should have an interview next week that should be pretty fun uh, to kind of break up this long wait that we have here. But for now, uh, it's just Dan and I, Zach Pierce, managing editor of the Athletic Minnesota, joined as always by Dan Hayes, who has had a couple fun stories on the site this week, or will uh, have a couple fun stories on the site this week. We will talk about those, um, and then we're going to just get a little weird, get a little random, because I think that's what uh, we've seen that people respond to these days, Dan, is uh, yes, going completely off the book. Uh, yeah, actually, so let's I, start. Go wait, ahead. I was going to say, let's just go random right away. Did you uh, Have you seen that little profile going around about who uh, – who you might match up with, um, what TV characters you might match up with. Have you seen that? Uh, I think I have. I haven't taken the quiz myself, but uh, I, I assume you have. I have. Um, oh, man. It was a interesting combination, um, but it does match my upbeat personality. Um, I ended up with uh, Tom Haverford from uh, Parks and Rec. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, Actually, it's somewhat fitting. Uh, I also, Sam Seaborn from West Wing was on there. Um, there were a few in there that were pretty interesting. Um, and then, man, my Lord of the Rings knowledge is terrible. Because uh, it was Haverford and, uh, what was it, Mary. Uh, you know, uh, the the Hobbit, um, one of the two, like, hero Hobbits, Mary and uh, Pippin. Was that their names? I can't remember. Anyways, yeah, that was a good way to spend... Uh, six minutes of my uh, day to day what so, i don't uh, know what platform would i find this quiz on twitter <clears throat> yeah it's on twitter and it is let me find the, where the basis of it is it's uh hang on i can't believe i'm doing this slowly here but um it's 
openpsychometrics.org uh, is the uh, the website. Open and, and they give you like this Open Psychometrics. And yeah, it was Mary Bandbrook, Bandy Brook, B- uh, Bandy, Brandy Buck. Wow. Try saying that six times fast. Um, of Lord of the Rings characters. Um, yeah, Open Psychometrics was, is the site and mm. gives you this lengthy personality quiz. And I actually found my list here. I didn't watch Community, so I don't know who Troy Barnes is. Um, let's see. I match up with Simba, 76%. I match up with oh, Joey sure. Tribbiani from Friends. Um, I, I, I noticed a couple of uh, Michael Kelso from that 70s show. I, I don't feel like this is a very uh, – Michael Scott. I'm a 73% match with Michael Scott and Andy Bernard. So, And somehow Jim Halpert, 72. I don't feel like this is a very accurate quiz. It seems like it's all over the map, but um, – I'll, I'll take it. So, you know. Well, I think your computer's definitely been compromised by openpsychometrics.com. That's 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 for sure. .org, .org, openpsychometrics.org. Okay. Okay. So, well, then yes. then I changed my mind. That's much more classy, much more legit. .org. <laughs> All right. Well, I will have to make it over to openpsychometrics.org on This is the most PR we've given any uh, other website by the way on this show, which shows how little baseball there is to talk about, but uh, you did do a little baseball talking this week, Dan, uh, a couple twins, uh, featured in stories uh, on our site this week. One of them, uh, was just a weird, weird story in a, in a delightful way. But, uh, the, the new twins bullpen coach, Bob McClure, uh, he yes. was with the twins in 2018, right? As an advisor. Is that correct? And last year too. He was a, a senior advisor the last two years and very limited role, but. Uh, they hired him this year to make him the uh, full-time bullpen coach. And it turns out uh, he had, he wrote a book in 1991, which yes. uh, is a good year for the Twins, as it was already, uh, that is all about basically how important it is to lie on your ass on the couch and do nothing. Is that is that Am I summing it up correctly? You are summing it up perfectly. And, and I will say this. When you think about it that way, it sort of sounds like couch potato. I would stay away from that part, and you can tell that he's pretty serious about this. Uh, in the, um, I think somebody described it as couch time, which I thought was a good earned couch time, um, that yeah. concept. And it, it, it's a good theory um, because the two guys who wrote it, Bob McClure pitched for 18 seasons in the majors, uh, pitching coach. This would be his fourth team. He was a regular, the, the whole staff pitching coach with the Red Sox. Phillies and the Royals, um, and uh, but pitched 18 seasons, and his co-author is a firefighter. So, not lazy guys per se. You know, pretty physical guys. But and uh, they called their book rotting. They they called their ver- versus couch time. They call it rotting. Um, yeah, and uh, the book was called rotting. Got the craze of the 90s. I know. I agree. Pretty terrible, but a great book cover, right? You, you oh, saw the great. photo of the cover. Yeah. The, uh, the the cover yeah. cover of the book is the picture of the story on the site right now. But um, uh, you just you have to be impressed by a guy who believes in lying on the couch enough to author his own book on the subject, which you you own and you have read. Is that correct, man? I, I read it in forty five minutes. First book I read this year. Uh, it's a sixty page book. Nice. Um, it's got handwritten uh, or hand drawn pictures. Uh, to 
kind of describe the actions and they have like all these moves um you know lying on the side they have the prenatal which means you're obviously lying on your side um they describe the different levels you know black belt uh green belt red belt um but the the concept basically is is that uh the the goal is to get parallel is how he describes it and uh so there's all these little pictures that they've drawn in and um it's a pretty interesting book quick quick read um pretty <laughs> it fits perfectly with the rest recovery and rocco twins um i guess they could change it to rest recovery and rotting uh but um he describes what a rot is and basically he says all right get this loose fitting clothes uh preferably fire retardant scotch guarded basically the, the idea is get to the couch bring your food with you prepare your food bring your phone with you bring your remote don't move stay there as long as possible and they describe bathroom one day breaks are allowed though yes bathroom breaks are allowed uh getting up for more foods allowed you know but the concept is to spend as much time on the couch as possible and so they uh they basically um they call the they term it one day is a minor rot if you spend all of saturday on the couch that's that's a minor the second day is a major rot if you spend three days on the couch um basically saturday football through monday night football he he equated this all to football which works because obviously he's a baseball player and so he's home most of the off season uh during football season so um but if you make it through monday night that's a that's coma rot um and then there's the death rot, which probably doesn't work so well with the current time. Maybe they could re-figure out these things. Uh, yeah, the, the terminology you, might need a, a, a 21st yeah. century makeover, but but we can appreciate the source material, I think. Totally, exactly. And and I've never attempted the death rot, but it would be Saturday all the way through Thursday night football, six days, I believe that is, of uh, sitting on your ass and uh, on the couch. Now. The one thing, again, he was very clear about. They are very much into exerting themselves beforehand. So they would a lot of times like play basketball all morning on a Saturday and then you know, go home, shower up, prepare the food, all that stuff, and then just head for the couch. So there was a lot of there's, – there's physical activity encouraged to go along with this. But, I, you know, it, it, the fact that he wrote this book, it's hilarious. I mean – it doesn't do it justice if you don't see the the pictures. Um, our Phillies writer Matt Gelb had covered Bob McClure before, and he told me in the off season, "Hey, you know, if you need a feature, this is great." And it works even better now that we all have, <clears throat> I should say, quite a few of us have more time on our hands than we did before. Um, so, I, I definitely want to uh, jump in and. Uh, and and talk to him and he's a really interesting guy i mean he's a surfer plays tennis um pitched in the world series you know uh from northern california and i think tyler duffy described it best he's like the chillest guy he wrote a book on chilling and i mean has a 214 uh stitches in his leg or maybe it's 204 stitches in his leg from a shark bite um that he got at age 66 so I mean, the guy is a, he's a character and a half and he'd be perfect for the bullpen and just the grind of the season because 
it's clear he is a very balanced individual in uh, a lot of ways where it comes to the grind of baseball and being there every day for 162 days. So um, it will be interesting to kind of follow him around this season if and when we ever get there. I think that was the, the part of the story for uh, for those wondering if we just wrote about this um, somewhat insane-sounding book <laughs> um, from the bullpen coach. The, the way that it ties into the current team, the fact that Tyler Duffy uh, has actually implemented this philosophy into his own life and then also how he was talking about how that um, makes McClure the perfect personality for this job because you have to be – you have to be chill. You have to be able to bring people down to, you know, to a, an even keel working out in the bullpen where guys spend all game being wired up, ready to go in, may not even get in, uh, you know, the whole atmosphere out there. So I thought that uh, the story does get around to that, to that aspect of it, how uh, the team is optimistic if they ever get a chance to go out and play this year, that um, they've got a good, a good guy out there in the bullpen for what they're trying to accomplish. So, Anyway, that well, yeah, story it, it, is up on the athletic. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I wanted to ask you, I mean, what was your impression of what the bullpen was like in mid-July uh, when they were blowing games right and left? I mean, your, your own impression, what did you think of at that point of the season? Well, yeah, I mean, we I think we all spent um, most of the first half of the year saying that the team has to fix the bullpen. And then by the end of the season, um, that was the last thing that needed fixing as it turned out. Yeah. Yeah. No. And well, and, and I mean the, the ups and downs of a season, you, you just need a guy like that. And, and Hefner was good, but Hefner admitted he was inexperienced with some of the late inning guys, but he also was a guy who understood ups and downs. And I mean, I, I just reflect on that part in July where it was a total disaster. There was like, a 10-day span. I think it started with – it was that home steer, that homestand, uh, Mets, A's, and maybe Braves. Or maybe Mets, A's, Yankees, and they just were a disaster. Blake Parker got released. Um, and and I just think about that, that span, and how good it would have been to have a McClure there, just somebody who'd been through it up and down all that time. Um, and, and Duffy – uh, the reason why he was brought into the story was that he actually had heard about the book from uh, from Hot Rod McClure, or, uh, McCormick, their uh, their uh, clubhouse manager, um, and uh, basically Duffy brought it up to went out and bought a book on Amazon and showed it to McClure. McClure was shocked and then brought him a signed copy. And uh, the reason Duffy is participating right now is uh, his wife is pregnant and due any day, so. Uh, Everybody in Twins uh, twins territory, send your uh, good thoughts because uh, I can't imagine how stressful that is right now, trying to be a parent for the first time amidst all this. But um, he uh, he was in good spirits every day when we talked and loves Bob McClure and is really looking forward to working with him. So, yeah, that was a, that was a fun story. To it's, it's such an awkward, like a strange story. And like you said, the terminology is so weird. So it was perfect yeah, for right now, strange. I think. very strange. Yeah. So let's move on to Trevor May. Uh, yes. You you had a conversation with him as well this week. How how is he? He's good. He's busy. Like he might be the busiest person out of all of us. That's not busy with what? Dan? Uh, uh, not that is not in uh, government or healthcare. Um, right. Yeah. He's 
he's doing a lot of uh, social media stuff, a lot of online gaming. Um, he said he's doing double. I mean, he, he couldn't possibly do what he does now in the season. Um, I, I think yesterday we talked on, we talked on Wednesday morning and this story is going to be up on Friday, but he said, uh, that he basically has done about six times the amount. I think he spent six hours playing this show on Tuesday morning. Um, and, and has his, his buddy, Tim, uh, Tim, the tap man, who's in online, uh, a, a gaming, like kind of one of the icons out there. He, um, Trevor May created that character on the show and was playing baseball with them. And he said people were cracking up at it. And so we had a good discussion about video games and just, you know, obviously he's a gamer. He owns part of a pro team. He has his own scouting service that when it gets to be bigger, I think will, you know, I mean, it's, it's essentially like what baseball teams do and all sports teams do send scouts out. Well, he has his Trevor May owns his own scouting service um, and if esports really ever takes off the way they expect it to, because it's already there. I mean, you see how much people are have figured out ways to monetize it with their YouTube channels, and you look at a guy like Ninja online, and how much money that guy's probably made over and over just by gaming. Um, so Trevor May is busy as as all get up doing this, and I even said to him, like, you're gonna have a longer career in this probably than you will as a baseball player, and that's not shorten him as a baseball player because he's a good baseball player and should have a pretty decent career but esports probably figures to be around a lot longer or his longevity in it is gonna be around a lot longer i imagine um so we just talked about uh his favorite games of the past what he's playing now um and and his we should do our own little version of this here in a second but currently he's playing the show he's also playing uh Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty, um, and I want to say, I think it's called Call of Duty Warzone, uh, he's playing a lot of that, but he, uh, I asked him, and we'll save this for the story, what his favorite games were growing up, and he said his formative system was a Nintendo 64, now I probably grew up more with regular Nintendo, but I loved Nintendo 64, so um, what were you, what was your system? Yeah, that is a that's a tough question. Uh, original Nintendo was my first, but it was a little I was a little young to fully appreciate video games at the time. No offense. Yeah. Uh, I think probably the formative years was PlayStation. Okay. Okay. But there was a Nintendo well, sixty four I... phase. There was a Sega Genesis phase too, for sure. Yes. And then I had to stop. I just I haven't played a video game in about. 10 years so if we're going to do this if we're going to go there uh, i'm happy to do it but my list is going to be very old games <laughs> well no no no, no. I'm, I'm with you um and, and it's funny i cut myself off about five or six years ago because i realized i was playing way too much in the off season and staying up to like three four in the morning playing um grand theft auto and uh and some of those games are fascinating um yep but yeah i just realized i was playing the same things over and over that got boring. Um, it didn't get boring, but it just didn't. Uh, it wasn't as productive as I would like to have been. If I had monetized it, that's one thing. But no, let's just go with our favorite all-time game. Um, maybe your favorite one or two all-time games, and I'll, I'll go first. But I'm going Goldeneye on uh, Nintendo 64. Yeah, yeah damn it. It's such a great game. Me and my friends always got together, and um, 
<clears throat> well, it was part of a multiple multiple activities, but we resulted in lots of eating food and sitting on the couch and playing video games for like six hours at a time. And uh, that was a lot of fun. God, I missed that game. <laughs> playing four-player was a lot of fun. And it was, I mean, I feel like that game created so many of the the generation of games that exist today just that style of uh the multiplayer the you know first person uh shooter aspect thing uh yeah. whatever you may think of those types of games has obviously become a huge thing uh later on so from an influential perspective i think for sure that game uh is up there but yeah i tried to play that um relatively recently at someone's house and i was it was hard to go backwards. <laughs> I, don't know. I can understand. It feels very, it feels very dated now. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, I bet, I bet. Um, what was on? Your, what would be on your list? Well, I, I think just from a, a sheer like time sunk into it, and holy crap, um, this is cool. Uh, Mortal Kombat. That was. Oh yeah. I, I played that a lot. <laughs> which oh yeah. May may explain my personality <laughs> in too many ways, but. Um, you know, obviously there were about 48 sequels of those, so I can't remember which ones exactly were uh, the most popular in my household, but certainly yeah. the original. And, and I think then, like, the second or third one, they, like, quadrupled the number of characters, and that was fun. Too. Yeah. But, yeah, they, uh, in fact, my, uh, my nephew, who is 15, has a Nintendo Switch, and I think the game is called Smash Brothers, um, and it revives old characters from, like, all of the... Like you can be Zelda and and uh, play Ken, or uh, or Ryu. Um, uh, like you can bring back all those characters and face off against, you know, um, Mario or or Wario. That kind of stuff. It's it's a really random uh, new version, but it's pretty fun. And uh, that's cool. Uh, the other the other one. I, were you ever into Mario Kart? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that was a great game, and I still that can was play. a college I, staple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a. You could actually spend a Friday, which sounds terrible, but you could spend a Friday drinking and playing that game all night when there was nothing really going on, and have a great weekend uh, or a great night. I I, I uh, definitely appreciated that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, video games. I mean, man, I'm even thinking about, especially with some extra time on our hands right now, buying a system right now, and uh, I'm gonna probably hold off doing it because I know how addicted I'll get. And how unhealthy that would be, but man, it's yeah. so tempting. I uh, I borrowed my brother-in-law's PlayStation Four like six months ago to play Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. and I I I remember like playing for three hours after my wife went to bed one night, and I got I moved like ten feet because there's just so much to do, and it's so it's one of those games where you just. Like it makes you cook your own food. Like really? <laughs> is am yeah. I am I having fun? I, I don't know if I'm enjoying this or not, but I'm playing <laughs> it and it's still going on. And uh, I I had to give it back just because I was going to take over my life if I didn't stop. But I understand. Um, so sorry. Did you do another one? No. Uh, well, I threw in what's number? I two? threw in Mario Kart. Oh, Mario but, Kart. Okay. Was that your number two? That was my number two. Okay. I I have to go with. Uh, the grandfather of them all, Super Mario Brothers three. Oh yeah, just just st- st- you can still play it today. I actually have a I have one of those like mini Nintendos here attached to my work TV in the office. Yes, 
Uh, I don't play it very often, but you know, you can, you can play that game for 10 minutes and be satisfied. It's a, it's a good time. And I feel like that really from there, everything just took off like exponentially. That was, that was the video game where we're like, Oh, okay. These can be, (laughs) these can be complex, but still cool and playable. And, um, you know, you had a lot of imitators since, and obviously a lot cooler graphics and all that fun stuff. But that game, that game still plays. I mean, we, we just produced like the oldest man list ever, but (laughs) I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I, yeah, I love yeah, it, Call so. of Duty, Grand Theft. Grand Theft Auto is pretty great too. I, I I got hooked on Call of Duty, especially the uh, especially the online stuff. I never went headphones. Like I bought the headphones because um, they were like I don't know twelve bucks, and I put them on one time, and I realized what the hell am I doing? And I because I could hear what other people were saying, and I just didn't want to be a part of it. So I blissfully did not. Uh, listen to what anybody said it was it was awful and so i got rid of it sort of like twitter um because the anonymity part where people just yell that's what it's like on the on call of duty when you're playing online and like one of those like team six versus six games that kind of stuff so ah fun stuff so you can read about bob mcclure now you can read about uh Bob McClure and Rotting, that is. Now, you can read about Trevor May and video games on Friday. That's uh, yep. just just the way of the world these days. Uh, we also have some ongoing twin stuff from Aaron Gleeman on the site, a couple series looking at um, individual seasons by various positions on the twins, ranking the best ones. It's been fun to remember some, uh, some great individual performances of years past. He's also... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's also simulating, speaking of video games, simulating the 2020 season uh, since we don't have an actual 2020 season. So all that stuff is still ongoing. We're trying to keep you in the loop with what's going on with the uh, with the team, such that it is, and also just trying to keep you entertained, too, on the side. So take a look at all that stuff. Uh, we're going to close today with something, uh, an assignment that I gave to Dan, which was I wanted Dan's list of top five Random twins. Now, what does random mean? It's a good question. I think the way that we decided to define it, Dan, is um, people who played no more than one season with the twins and also who you wouldn't necessarily associate with the twins when you first hear their name. So, in other words, Jack Morris probably doesn't count for this list. Sorry, Dan, if he's he's not. I think, well, Jack Morris and Don Baylor stood out for their one seasons. Like, right. oh, man, those guys played there, but they did something pretty good <laughs> in those seasons. So I think that wipes out the randomness factor. Right, um, right. But, yeah, there are still some really good names uh, that I found. And did you did you compile your own list too? Uh, I did, but let's start with yours. And if we have time, we'll uh, – or, or if you have – Or, or why don't we each do one? Don't why don't I draft one and you draft one? All right. Oh, <laughs> We're going to do okay. a draft. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start with Ruben Sierra. Oh. Uh, 33 plate appearances for the 2006 Twins. Um, he had 8,782 career plate appearances. He had almost 9,000 times they stepped to the plate. 33 for the Twins. I think he hit 179, and I don't remember it. And it was, it was 2006, so it was kind of in a, a good little spot for them where they were competitive all the time. I don't remember it one bit, but... Ruben Sierra, that's my uh, my first draft pick. 
He ended his career with the Twins. He did. In 2006 at age 40. Wow. Yeah. That is stunning. I did not know that, or I'd forgotten that. But that is a great random twin. See, that's exactly the kind of thing we're talking about here. By the way, I should clarify, I didn't double-check my list, but I I believe that when I first told you the idea, I said that they had, the criteria was they played 162 games or fewer which yeah. means I might have I might have a few on here who accomplished that over in the course of multiple seasons, but um, but whatever. Uh, okay. I think we can. No worries. Um, I don't think anybody's going to judge us too much. Uh, I'm going to go with. Oh man, this is tough. So we're drafting, so I should start with my favorite. Yeah. So you don't take him, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Orlando Cabrera. I I saw it and was yep. Yep. Trade deadline acquisition. Uh, played pretty darn well. Hit 289 in 242 at bats. Uh, the 2009 Twins, like so many other teams in that uh, in the 2000s, got manhandled by the Yankees in the playoffs. But at least they got there um, by winning. Game yeah, he had a big home run in that. Which, yep. That's right. Yep, he did. Uh, so that was that was a, a a positive trade deadline experience for the Twins, but he left in free agency after that season. So it was just 2009 for 59 games of Orlando Cabrera. That that's a that's a good one, and I saw him. I had a sense you were gonna pick him up. I'm gonna go old school here because we really need to represent the first uh, part of yeah. and not have a bunch of recency bias. But Louis Tiant was a yeah. twin in 1970. And he was um, acquired in trade that sent Greg Nettles uh, to the, and Dean Chance to the Cleveland Indians. Um, by the way, Greg Nettles had one war of his uh, – he had 68 career B-war. Uh, baseball reference wins above replacement. He had 68 career – one of that came with the Twins. So they traded him for Louis Tiant. Louis Tiant actually pitched pretty well. Um Pitched in 18 games for the Twins, went 7-3, and 340 ERA, but he hurt his shoulder and got released. And uh, I think he got released in spring training the next year. The Red Sox went ahead and signed him. He struggled in his first year in 1971 with the Red Sox and then went on to go 122-81 and 81 with a 336 ERA for the Red Sox um, in 274 career games. Led them to a World Series Um and, and pitched pretty well. And when you go to Fenway Park, um, occasionally you can still see Louis Tiant. Uh, when the White Sox rolled through, he was there a couple times um, and, and came in and said hi to Jose Abreu. But, so Louis Tiant, who I would have no recollection, obviously I wasn't born yet, but I, I associate him purely with the Red Sox, and apparently he pitched one season for the Twins. That's a great one. You're two for two. I like it. All right, my number two is going to be Otis Nixon. Thirty nine oh, years old. Thirty nine years old. Nineteen ninety eight. He was, <laughs> now the nineteen ninety eight Twins were were not good. Uh, I I don't recall what made Otis Nixon choose the, the Twins in nineteen ninety eight. But he at thirty nine years old hit two ninety seven in four hundred forty eight at bats. It was second best on the team behind wow. the great Todd Todd Walker. Uh, Paul Molitor was third on that team with a 281 average. David Ortiz was on that team. Uh, it was a, a, a who's who of uh, of late 90s, early 2000s transitional twins. But Otis Nixon was among them, and the second best hitter on the team in 110 games at age 39. From there, he went 
to the Braves for one season back to the Braves after playing there in the early nineties to finish his career. But, uh, a heck of a run at age 39 from Otis Nixon. Yeah, that is a great Actually, one. Now I, that I, I look, love... now that I look closer at it, 297 is, was tied for his highest ever career average in a single season. What, what, what were his career? Uh, what was his career average overall? Hold on. Xfinity just booted me from the page. Okay. I'm back. Uh, no, I'm not. 270. It was lower. Got it. it was lower than 297. <laughs> yeah. He followed it up next year, hitting 205. That's great. Um, yeah. That's a good one. I had no idea. And that 39, and he got 500 plate appearances. That's insane. So um, my next one is on the uh, <clears throat> let's rub some salt in the wound. Um, mm. The year after the Twins won the World Series for the first time, they acquired Tommy Herr in 1988 from mm. the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. And it's funny, this came up earlier this week because my uh, my buddy texted me a passage from Kent Herbeck's book, and he said that Tommy Herr was one of the few guys who he never liked on the uh, on the Twins. They they like it was one of his teammates. He just did not like whatsoever. Herr got traded for Tom Brunanski on April twenty second, nineteen eighty eight, and in, according to the passage in Herbeck's book. I think her cried the entire flight there. I mean, he was a St. Louis legend. He had some really, like, he had that season with eight homers and 110 RBIs. Um, he had some really random numbers. Like, he was pretty good with the Cardinals um, for for their heyday there from, like, 85 through about 87 um, and, and was a, a good player. But uh, it did not work out in Minnesota. He was only there for 86 games, finished that season, um, hit 263 with the Twins, one homer, 21 RBIs, and was gone the next year and playing in Philadelphia. Win some, lose some. What can you say? Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it's getting very, very hard to, to choose here. Um, <laughs> boy. Um, all right. Number three, I'm going to go with, uh, with the gambler, Kenny Rogers. Great pick. I had him on my list. 2003 Minnesota Twins. He made 31 starts. Uh, he pitched in the playoffs that year in the ALDS loss to the Yankees through an inning and a third. He went 13-8 and eight overall, 4.57 ERA. Slightly below his career numbers. But the kick in the pants on this one is he departed in free agency after that season, signed with the Texas Rangers, and went on to make the all-star team each of the next three seasons, even though his numbers were not um, particularly spectacular, but uh, had a heck of a run at ages 39 to 41. And actually his age 38 season stacks up pretty well to, to those all-star years too, but uh, a, a decently productive year for Kenny Rogers in 2003. Yes. I, I, he's a, he was on my list. I have about 10 or 11 names jotted down. Um, and Kenny Rogers, I mean, I, I just think of Rangers. I mean, I knew I knew there was that Yankees season in there. There's certain guys you just associate, and he was always a Ranger to me. He was in his heyday with the Rangers. But um, <clears throat> I'm going to switch it up here and go for final part of his career, I believe. Uh, Brett Boone was a twin mm. for 14 games in 2005, <laughs> and that's how he ended his career. Um he was acquired in a, let's see, 
Looks like he was acquired as part of. There was no player listed in this. Who he went? To, the The Mariners gave him to the Twins on July 11th, uh, as part of a conditional deal. So I didn't do enough research to figure out what that was. But the, he literally played 14 games. He hit 170. His slugging was 170. His on base was 241. And he was released 20 days later on July 31st of uh, the 2005 season. So. Brett Boone was a that's that was Brett Boone's revenge apparently last year beating the Twins in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> or no, sorry, Aaron Boone was getting back at the Twins. It's the family, for Brett right? It's a, right. It was a family family revenge thing. But you know the Twins finished third that year, and clearly Terry Ryan was making a trade to try and get them better at second base. And Brett Boone had struggled in Seattle before that trade. He was hitting two thirty one with the Mariners when they traded him and. His best days were uh, not that far behind or that far gone because he had still had 24 homers in 2004. And, you know, prior to that, in those, I think, let's see, he hit 24 in 2004. From 2001 to two, or yeah, 2001 to 2004, Brett Boone hit 120 home runs in those four seasons. So the Twins got zero homers, three RBIs, 13 strikeouts, and 53 at bats. And released him a month later. So uh, that one definitely is random to me. I didn't realize it, and it ended his career just like Ruben Sierra's. Crazy. All right, number four. Uh, I'm going to go with Denny Nagel, who was a go- gopher and a Twins draft pick, third round, 1989. Pitched a total of seven games in 1991 as a 22-year-old. Was not on the postseason roster for the World Series and then was traded in March of 92 to Pittsburgh for John Smiley, who himself uh, should be on this list. In fact, I'm going to pick two for one. It's going to be a, a Denny Nagel, John Smiley uh, combination. Smiley then pitched in 92 for the twins and left, I believe in free agency after that season. Uh, so Denny Nagel, of course, um, one world series. Uh, he was a two time all-star. He won 20 games in 1997 for the Braves. Pretty nice career. It turned out. Yeah. Denny Nagel. He did. He was. That's a good list. I saw both those names and and laughed. I forgot they were traded for one another. Um, I'm gonna jump in here with. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I mentioned one to you earlier today on Twitter. I was gonna leave that to you for your last pick if you wanted. Yeah, you it. can have it. You can have it. Okay. You found Let's go with Bartolo, baby. Bartolo Cologne. 2017. 23 starts was it? Um, I mean. So well documented how much starting pitching the Twins needed that year. It was awful uh, beyond the front couple guys. Comes in and, I mean, he won games for the Twins. He won five games. I'm sorry, it was only 15 starts. Five and six with a 518 ERA. He pitched 80 innings and as a 44-year-old. Um, and remarkably, still pitching 2018 for the Texas Rangers and got even worse. So... Not a good, uh, not a good ending to a former Cy Young winner's career, but uh, he was here. All right, the last one. Um, man, there's so many ways you could go with this. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mike Fetters, who nice. in 2000, 2002 uh, was sort of made famous by uh, Mark Grace imitating him on the mound when he got a chance to pitch in a, in a blowout for the Diamondbacks. Uh, they were teammates at the time. 
he came to the Twins in 2003. He only pitched five games. He had elbow an elbow injury, I believe, um, but didn't allow a run in six innings pitched. So officially a 0.0 ERA all time with the Twins. But uh, unfortunately, it was a very short-lived Mike Fetters era. But uh, if they had had an effective Mike Fetters in that bullpen, maybe they would have won a game off the Yankees. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, One can hey, dream. Uh, uh, exactly. On the honorable mention list, you you mentioned short tenor, uh, tenures. Let's uh, let's just throw Jaime Garcia in there for his delightful one start for those 2017 Twins. He got the win. He went six and two thirds, struck out seven, gave up three runs, um, and then was traded to the Yankees. They acquired him from the Braves and then flipped him to the Yankees. And Zach Littell was the uh, was the guy they got back in that trade, but uh, I think that deserves an honorable mention for being there for like three days, um, and that's right when they t- traded Kinsler, and basically it looked like they were kind of giving away uh, the season, and of course they rallied and won the wild card or reached the wild card game. Jose Offerman, yep, should be on there. Uh, John Candelaria. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. I had uh, yeah, well, LeVon Hernandez uh, yeah. also, 23 starts for 08. Um, you know we're going to look back one day and say Lance Lynn and Fernando Rodney. Yeah, for sure. It's a little too soon, I think, for anybody that soon. But um, I, w- when I was breaking the rules, I had Terry Tiffy on there. Uh, he was three seasons on the Twins, but less than 162 games. And I feel like there was like a decade in there where the Twins were always reliably – they would have somebody in their lineup – getting 200 at bats roughly who like just just a slap hitter you had you had terry tiffy into uh matt tolbert and alexi casilla and then jason tyner and then um um, oh jamie carroll was in there somewhere it was just it was a long it was a long-standing tradition of course the, the the twins of today uh have significantly bulked up the offense but there was always somebody good for that in the lineup for a good a good stretch of Twins history. Yep, it's uh, it's always fun to do these kind of things and research it. And we'll try and find something again like this for next week, something similar um, to look at and bring up a list because it's a good way to kind of fill the baseball uh, void while we're uh, waiting for the season to start. A good way to pass some time. I'm going to trade Mike Fetters for John Candelaria for my last pick, just so you know. <laughs> Not that it matters. I, I like that. I like anyway. that. Anyway, uh, thanks as always, everybody, for listening. Again, we, we hope to have a special guest uh, interviewee on the show next week. We're not going to announce it and jinx it, so um, we will hopefully be back with that uh, either Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Thanks as always for listening. Stay safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>